You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, good evening. I know that uh, we've been praying for Kevin Coven, and I was visiting him today, and he's like, I want to be there tonight. I don't want to miss out on the food. And Can we turn on the house lights so I can see the guys? Maybe get them up brighter. Thank you. Um, there you are. You look good. You look full, too. It's, it's a good thing. You look happy. Um, but, you know, Kevin's been in and out of the hospital, and he wanted to be here. So Diane was like, no, 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 you're not ready to go. So I said, well, what if, what if we brought some guys over to your house tonight, and you had your own steak and study in your, your bedroom here with these guys? And he's like, that'd be great. So I, we called up some guys. They're there right now watching us online. Let's welcome Kevin and his... Buddies, <laughs> Stephen, over there. So, let's turn our Bibles over to the Book of Joshua. And um, you know, we're we're using Alan Redpath's book on victorious Christian living, and uh, that's just a. When I read these devotional books, these study aid books, I I always read the Bible, and there's there's just things I don't see that guys that write commentaries see, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And it really just, it helps start my, my, my thinking in a different direction sometimes that I probably wouldn't go. So as you read, you know, uh, Alan Redpath, um, understand he's, a, he's a, a godly guy. He's, he's an anointed guy. God used him in, in a very powerful way um, in throughout his years of ministry. There's all kinds of crazy Alan Redpath quotes. Google them. And, and you'll understand who he is. But he's the kind of guy that would say to men like us, when God wants to, you know, get, accomplish his work, he takes a man of God and he crushes him. Now, when you hear that, you're like, wow. But if you've been used by God, you're like, yeah, yeah. Alan has been used by God. He understands that. Um, but at the same time, be reading the chapters. Be be more familiar with the Word of God, and then just look at the, the, the thoughts that God gave him and, and let it just, you know, get that another lane or two going in uh, how you're looking at the Scriptures. Great narrative he has, great application, very rich, so I would encourage you to get the book, uh, Victorious Christian Living. I'm going to be teaching out of uh, chapter one and just giving you guys some discussion points, and uh, we'll give you time to, to do that and discuss that. <clears throat> Verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving you, or giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of the foot, every place... <clears throat> that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun uh, shall be your territory. So you're talking about the Mediterranean. Uh, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not 
leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. That you may be able to observe, to do according to all the law which, was, which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. That you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So after the death of Moses, that brings us into a historical perspective. Moses is now dead, so we know that the work of God never, never stops. The workmen of God will stop. The workmen of God will, will possibly die like a Moses, like an Abraham, like an Isaac, like a Jacob, like a Moses. But the work of God never stops. It goes on. Forty years prior to God here speaking with Joshua, Joshua was standing with Caleb and, and a few of his other buddies that were, that were going to go and spy out the land. Four hundred years of bondage to Egypt. The nation was crying out to God for 400 years. He heard their cries, raised up Moses, delivered them. They, there's all kinds of speculation on how far it would have, how many days it would have taken them to leave Egypt and actually enter into the promised land. Some say 11, some say two weeks. doesn't matter. Just a short you know, time, maybe under a month, if they even got lost. But they get to the the border of the promised land, the, the parameter that God even reiterates here to Joshua. The, here's, here's the boundaries. And, and, and they get to this city called Kadesh Barnea. And if I could have the air conditioner just, it's, I'll lose my voice in a couple minutes if we don't back it off a little bit. It's cold up here. Never thought I'd say that. I think I'm getting old. But um, air conditioning does it to my voice. Um, Forty years earlier, standing at Kadesh Barnea, and we, we know the account. Uh, it's in Numbers chapter 13, if you guys like, you know, taking notes. And Joshua and Caleb are, are two of 12 spies that are, like, invited to go in and check out the land. You guys know the account. They go in for 40 days. And they go into the land that God had promised Abraham. They go in. The word of God had had spoken, had been reiterated through Isaac and Jacob. It was, it was like finally theirs to possess. But you guys know they came out after 40 days of checking out the land and 10 of the spies were like, man, there's some really big, bad, evil dudes in there. We're like grasshoppers in their sight at big fortified cities. And, and the, the two and a half million people that came out of Egypt would, would hear the negative report of 10. I just want you to think through that. 
and it would reverberate. And the consensus was, let's freak out. Let's, the people of God who cried out to God and God saved them and freed them in just, I'm going to say two weeks, are now freaking out because the land that God had promised them was a, a land flowing with milk and honey, but they just, they, they heard that they would have to like conquer part of the land, that there, were, there would be pushback, that there would be war, there would be opposition. And they, they cave into fear, they cave into unbelief. And because of that, God's like, well, for, for the next 40 years, for every day they were in the land, some people say God like assigns a year of judgment to the people. And, and the whole generation, just track with me here for a second, the whole generation that was 20 years old and older would all die in that 40-year funeral march. Now, that might sound really cruel, but God knows in order to really conquer the land, he's going to need people of faith, people of the word, people that believe his word and apply his word. And guess who died off? All of those people that caved into fear and unbelief and denied God's word. So God removes the, 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 the fearful and those that aren't grounded in and obeying his word, it took some time, and it does take time. And then there comes a day where God goes, it's time. And Joshua gets the nod. And, and Joshua, you know, when you, you begin to look at his life, him and you know, Caleb are the only two that were 20 years old and above that would be able to go into the promised land. But Joshua was an interesting guy. Think of what it was like for him to grow up in bondage, part of this massive group of God's people. He, he would have saw the signs and the wonders that God had performed on their behalf through the plagues, the hand of Moses. He would have saw the, the day that God released them, he would have saw the Red Sea part as they would have cried out a few days later because they were thirsty and they, were, they came to this, this, these bitter waters of Mamre, God turned them sweet. He would have seen these miracles. He would have seen the whole Mount Sinai encounter that is captured in the book of Leviticus. He would have seen it all. He would have seen the plans for the tabernacle. He would have seen the tabernacle. He would have seen the glory of God. He would have seen the Shekinah glory of God. He would have seen God through a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. This guy would have seen an amazing thing. He would have seen Moses as a leader lead. He would have seen God's heart on display for God and for the people through this man Moses. First hand, front row seat. In Exodus chapter 17, before, you know, we, we, we read about you know, who Joshua was. And it talks about him as a, as a mighty soldier. There's a battle between the Amalekites. You guys know the account where Moses goes up on a hill. And as, as long as his hands were, were in the sky, were raised up, you know, God gave victory. And they were, they were 
just having a field day with the Amalekites. But when Moses' hands would drop, the battle kind of went the other way and they would start to be defeated. And so there were two guys, Aaron and Hur, that went up and they were just there. And it's a, it's a great picture. And they held, they held up Moses' arms until the sun would set. And God brought victory. But it, it attributes the victory in an interesting way. It says, and Joshua, who was a general, defeated the Amalekites. This is just who this guy is that gets the nod. He's a man of faith. He has seen God work. He's had a great role model. And now God is going to use him to be a leader, to lead the nation into the promised land, to lead them into a conquering role, a, a claiming role where they're going to claim the inheritance that God had promised clear back to, to, to Abraham. In Numbers chapter 27, and, you, and I've got some of these scriptures, you know, you guys, can, you guys are going to break around in some groups and they'll be papers turned around. I wrote all my scriptural references so we didn't have to use PowerPoint, I don't think. But in Numbers 27, 18, <clears throat> when Moses was preparing to die, he asked God to give the people a leader and God chose Joshua. Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 8, Moses gave a final word of blessing and encouragement to Joshua there and he says, and Moses called Joshua and said to him, the sight of the Lord in the sight of Israel, excuse me, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to the fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So don't be dismayed. Don't, don't freak out. Joshua, you know what happens when people freak out. I need people of faith. You've got to model that. And I'm sure that, that when Moses said that and he heard that God would be with him, that just, it would, have, it would have fortified Joshua greatly. To have Moses endorse him in, in, in sight of all of the people, to have Moses encourage him and remind him of God's mission for him and God's mission for the people, like, like, this is who you're going to be, Joshua. To have Moses say, the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Don't fear nor be dismayed. Listen, I, I've, I've talked about, we're going to talk about the victorious Christian life. That's the idea. But I, I put four things down. Number one, what is essential when it comes to living a victorious Christian life. Number one, God's calling is essential, verses one through nine. Secondly, we'll get to it, stepping out in faith is essential, verse two. Courage is essential, verse six, seven, and nine. And then knowing, trusting, and obeying God's word is essential, verses six, seven, and eight. But to, to know that he was called of God just to know that, that was of, of the utmost importance because of the huge task ahead of him. 
Knowing his calling would, would, would keep Joshua on track with God. It would keep him on track with God's plan for his life. Knowing his calling, being assured of his calling. Knowing his calling would keep him from deviating off of God's designed course for his life. Knowing his calling. Knowing his calling would keep him focused on God, would keep him focused on God's word, would keep him focused on God's plan for his life, and would keep him focused on the people of God. You can ask any pastor of any church in America right now about the last 18 months of their life, and they will tell you that they are absolutely floored, taken back, set back by how many Christians they saw cave into fear. Every one of them. I haven't talked to a pastor yet who's not mentioned that. Christian leaders that haven't mentioned that. The same is true for Christians that have just deviated away from God's word. And they're just drinking in the narrative of the world. The philosophy of the world. But see, God knew that in order for his people to... Find rest, which the promised land is not a picture of heaven. As we go through our, the, the red path thing, it isn't pictured as, as heaven. P- picture it as the center of God's will for your life. That's the promised land. Picture it as every blessing that God has for you, the moment that he saved you. That's the place of rest. That's the promised land. That's Canaan. Picture that. That's the best application. Now, in order to find that, in order to lead others to that, you and I are going to have to be people of faith. We're going to have to be people of the word. We're going to have to be people that that are assured of our calling. Don't you find it kind of interesting that that Moses in his farewell address, like the, the whole, like, okay, get Joshua over here, and that's the one thing he did is he assured him of his calling. He didn't say, now, here, let's go over a bunch of battle strategies. You know, let's, not, let's get all, like, militaried out, and let's talk about how we're going to, you know, conquer the land mil- militarily. Although that was part of it. He didn't talk about policies or politics or philosophy or philosophers. He talked about God and God's calling on his life. And isn't that interesting that now that Moses is dead and the first time we see God himself talk to Joshua, he repeats the same thing. He goes right back to his calling. If, 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 if I had like one final message to give to our church, and this is not it, by the way, I feel a few more brewing in me. Based on what I see happening with the church today, I would spend a good amount of time talking about the significance of understanding your calling and staying true to it. Don't deviate. Don't get off course. Don't, don't get all caught up in other people's battles. Don't get caught up in other people. Don't get caught up in other plans. Stay focused on what God has called you to be and stay true to him and his word. Because that's where you're going to find rest. That's where you're going to find peace. That's where you're going to find victory. 
Don't deviate. I don't care how many more pandemics come. Don't deviate. You see, well, I deviate in this one. Don't deviate ever again when a pandemic comes. I caved into fear. Don't ever cave into fear again. Just don't cave into fear. Be a man of faith. Know God's calling for your life. That's what keep, kept him focused on God, focused on God's word, focused on God's mission, and focused on God's people. Notice what God says to him in verse 2. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I'm giving them to the children of Israel. And then in verse 5, God gives Joshua the, the, the next thing, the, the, the promise of his presence. So I, I, I want you to understand this is something I'm doing. This is my will for your life. This is my plan for your life. And then in verse 5, what comes with that? The assurance of God's presence. As I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. I am not going to leave you nor forsake you. Sound familiar? The words of Jesus in the Great Commission? Lo, I will be with you always. As a result, no, no man shall be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Right now we got all kinds of resistance and opposition facing the church, facing us as Christians. The question is, positionally, where do you stand? I didn't say politically, where do you stand? Some of you would be daring enough to answer that. But Joshua would say, I, I, I stand in the will of my God. I stand where he's placed me and he stands with me. Then in verses 6 through 9, God gives Joshua the assurance that God would keep his word. It's interesting to study the verbs that God uses here. The, the land which I give, verse 2, that I have given, verse 3, to this people you shall divide, verse 6. The idea behind that is God has already given them the land. You know, whatever God calls you to do, whatever God calls you to possess, whatever that is, look at it in that, in that tense. God had already given them the land. All they had to do is step out in faith and claim it. And Alan Redpath does a great job of paralleling this particular point to what we as Christians have in Christ. And he references Ephesians chapter 1, verse, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And, and Paul is simply talking about all the spiritual riches, again, that we have in, in Christ Jesus. He's talking about our spiritual bank account, the, the, the content of that account, the value of that account, what what's been deposited into our spiritual account. Salvation. Redemption. You go through chapters 1 through 3 of the book of Ephesians. and you know, Adoption, forgiveness. We can go on and on. The peace, joy, forgiveness, and, and the love is grace, is mercy, and fellowship. All that we have, wisdom, hope, sanity, <laughs> Wholeness, completeness, purity, 
the hope of heaven. God has already given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. Positionally, that's just who we are, and that's what he's done. All we need to do is step out by faith and possess the possessions that he has given us. That might be true. It would be true as far as your calling, the gifting that God has given you, those opportunities in which he's desiring to use each and every one of us. Notice in verse 2 again, go to the land that I am giving them. Verse 3, every place the sole of your foot shall touch, I am giving you. Verse 5, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. That means that as we move forward, guys, no matter what that is, whatever God's calling, whatever God's will is for our life, we can be assured again of his presence. Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who's going to be against us? So Joshua only needed to step out by faith to experience the richness of God's promises. So we too must be stepping forward with God by faith. No middle ground. When it comes to living a victorious Christian life, calling is essential. Stepping out in faith is essential. As as God is challenging Joshua to do, challenging the people to do, and then as I said as well, courage. Courage is essential. Courage is demanded in the Christian life. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. But this courage is supplied by a couple of things we don't want to miss. It's supplied by the word of God, verse 7. Again, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. So that's the first thing that's supplied. This courage is supplied by the word of God, but again, it's also supplied by the presence of God. Verse 9, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I came back Sunday early from a vacation, and somebody asked me, why did you come back early? And I said, eh, there's a couple of phone calls, just heavy stuff. I just felt like I needed to be here. And I said, but I wanted to walk in the presence of God. Now, the presence of God is all over Wyoming, just so you know. Once you get into Utah, he's not there. But you get back into California, he's in certain parts of California. Orange County, he's still hanging out. But I just wanted to be here. I had a heavy heart. I came home with a heavy heart. I just, I wanted to be in the presence of God. I wanted to be held and picked up by the presence of God. I wanted to be assured by the presence of God among the people of God. And that would happen by me sitting here and listening to the word of God be taught. 
and just watching people worship and just worshiping him. You want to live a victorious Christian life? Be familiar with the word of God. We'll get to that in a minute. And get very used to the presence of God. Seek him. Spend time with him. Know your calling. And to know your calling is to spend time with the one who's called you. Get to know him. In verse 6, God gives Joshua further assurance by saying that he was going to keep his promise that he actually even gave to, to Abraham. And that's, that's, that's a very important promise where he says, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give him. So it's a reference to that first promise that God gave to, to Abraham. And so you want to live a victorious Christian life? Calling. Knowing your calling is essential. Stepping out in faith is essential. Courage is essential. Being aware of the presence of God is essential. But knowing and trusting God's word is essential. This is God himself instilling this in Joshua. You're going to need this, man. That first promise in Genesis chapter 12, 13 through 15, where Abraham's descendants would inherit the promised land. In, in the book of Joshua, Joshua himself, but we're going to read this, we see that promise fulfilled. But God also tells Joshua here, only be strong and very courageous that you may be, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't be departing from the, the law, from the right hand or the left, in order that you might prosper in the way that I've called you to go. Then in verse 8 again, the book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. You've got to meditate on it day and night that you may be able to observe and do all that is written in it so that you be prosperous and, and, and find good success. So you look at this and you're like, wow, Joshua's ability to remain faithful to his calling to, to, you know, and, and for his ability to keep stepping out in faith, for his ability to remain courage or courageous, it's, it's going to be tied to this. Observing the word of God, obeying the word of God, doing what God commands him to do. Not turning from the word of God to the right hand or to the left. And what, I don't know what you picture today when you hear that. Turning away from God's word to the right hand or to the left. What do you see people turning away from God's word to today? And I'm sure we'd have a big old long list. I, I, I was talking to some people recently that, you know, they just, they, they were not real happy with my teaching. And they, they said, you're, you're, you're just, you're not on point. And I thought, hmm, okay, I'm not on point. And, and what they were basically saying is, it's not political enough. It's not, it's, it's not, you know, speaking to these issues that are, the, the, the politically charged issues of our day. And I've, I've heard that from several people about Calvary chapels over the years. And, 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 and I'm like, 
But I just don't think we should deviate from teaching God's word. Amen. To the right hand or the left. And it would be so easy these days to look at the itch that everybody has. And let's say, let's scratch that itch. Let's, let's, let's hit all these topics and, 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 and you know, build the crowd around all of that. But our, our job is to remain faithful to our commander-in-chief. And, and, and we, we take this to heart. We are to lead people into the promised land. We are. We are to help them find their place of rest. You know, it's interesting because in Ezekiel it talks about the promised land as the center of the world. God looks at it as the center of the world. And the word in Ezekiel that he uses to describe it as the center of the world is the word in the Hebrew, naval, N-A-B-A-L. N-A we derive a word navel from that. And the, the idea that God wants us to understand is from this center place, this piece of soil, comes life. What life was he talking about? He was talking about a Messiah that would one day be born in that land and live in that land and die in that land and be resurrected on that land. And from that would become life, would be offered life, spiritual life, and eternal life to all. Our job as Christian men are to help people find that, to find Jesus, and to make him the center of their life, to experience all the life that he has for them. That's what the promised land pictures. That's where ultimate rest is. And that's why it's so difficult to talk about Jesus these days. That's why a lot of Christians don't even want to talk about Jesus these days or talk about the word these days because they're so off mission. They're so deviated and so focused on things to the right and to the left. And they've got to get back to the word of God, get back to the plan of God, get back to being faithful to the calling of God so that others find rest in the Son of God. One amen would be okay. Amen. amen. Thank you, Lee. Yes. But this is dear to my soul right now because I've watched hundreds of families deviate. And I'm not hurt by it. I'm not offended by it. Because God's brought all kinds of people into our world to minister to. But I am shocked. I am shocked. I've taught for almost 30 years the word of God. And it's jarring and startling to hear people in your own church say, too much gospel, too much. You know, and, and you're like, you've gotten off track. Don't deviate, guys. Just don't. Don't deviate. Meditate. In the Greek, in the Hebrew, that means to mutter. It means to, to read the scripture over and over to where you just kind of mutter it. You know, Moses had kept a written record of all of God's words and acts. Deuteronomy 31.9 says, So Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priest, the sons of Levi, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. 
And it was more than just a record book that priest cared for. Joshua would have to take time to read this and meditate upon this. Psalm 119, the psalmist says in verse 14, I've rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your words. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Psalm 1, you guys know this psalm, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in due season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So Joshua, Lance, put your name there. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it during the day, at night as well, so that you will observe to do according to all that is in it. For then you will make, you're gonna, the word is going to work itself out in your life to where you're going to make your way prosperous. And you are going to have success. I had a college one time that was kind of borderline Christian, used to be post-Christian now. They're like, hey, would you come and give a Bible study on success? Or come and give a speech on success is what they want. Yeah, I'd love to come and give a speech on success. This is what I taught on. I taught on Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and Joshua 1, 1 through 8. I go, you want to find success? All you young upstarts that got all the answers already? Learn about your God. Learn about his will for your life. This is what he describes as success. Who cares what the world describes as success? We have peace. Nearing the end of Joshua's life, you can read ahead, Joshua 23, verse 14. was his farewell address. Says, Be, behold, this day I am going the way of the earth. I'm going to die. And you know in all of your hearts and in all of your souls that not one thing has failed of all the things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. Isn't that radical? All has come to pass for you. Not one of his words has failed. And that truth will be said of God throughout eternity. If Joshua was able to conquer Canaan, having only the first five books of the Bible, how much more ought we to overcome whatever God calls us to conquer with the complete word of God? I wrote down in my notes years ago in this passage that there's three questions that come to mind with success. Number one, did we obey the will of God? Number two, were we empowered by the Spirit of God? And number three, did we serve to the glory of God? God's commandments, as he commanded Joshua here, as, I don't know if Redpath said it, are God's enablements. 
And then we just, I want to give you some time to talk, but in the rest of the chapter, Joshua commands the officers. He's like, pass through the camp and command the people and tell them, prepare provisions for within three days, we're going to cross over this Jordan to possess the land which the Lord God is giving you to possess. Don't you want to be led by people that are that kind of like people of faith? They've heard from the word of God. They're confident in the plan of God. They know their calling. And they did just imagine what that was like. Hey, go tell two and a half million people in three days we're crossing that Jordan River. He doesn't tell them to make boats and get rafts or anything. Does he tell, just no, no, just go. God says we're going, we're going. Today there's, <coughs> there's a lot of reluctance in the church. There's a lot of hesitation. There's a lot of second guessing. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of, you know, just over-calculating with God. I'll go this far, but only so far. As, as you go through the chapter here, Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh, they'll, they'll be going only so far. They won't go into the promised land. They're going to find some lush, wow, look at this land. They're going to find their Wyoming. But it's not in the promised land. It's not the center of God's will for their life. It looks great. And God's going to say, they're going to say, we want to stay here. And God's going to allow them to stay there. You're not going to force anybody into the center of his will. He's not going to force anybody into the, into the promised land. And, and the thing that he will do, because he's a gracious God, and he knows us, is says, you know, I'll let you guys, if that's the land you want, that's where you want to live your life, outside of my perfect center of my will for your life. I'm, I'm going to allow that. But you're going to have to go in, and you're going to have to help us conquer and, and, and never forget this. That's God's way of graciously allowing them to see he's with them. He's for them. Sometimes it's, it's, we have this reluctance. We have these lapses of faith. We have this, I'm only going to go so far. And then the Lord just allows us to see something, see his work, to see something, to, to, to spur on our faith. And I believe that's what he was doing with Gad and those two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. That was in verses 12 through 15. So the people, they assured Joshua, saying in verse 16 and 18, all that you command us, we're going to do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord, your God, be with you. Please, as he was with Moses. I like this. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. I was thinking we should put that verse up right before our children's ministry door. That'd be kind of a cool thing. All the parents would be going, yeah. God's calling is essential. Stepping out in faith is essential. Courage is essential. Experiencing the presence of God 
And knowing and trusting his word is essential if we are going to live a victorious Christian life. The three questions you'll have out there. Did we obey the will of God? Were we empowered by the spirit of God? Did we serve to the glory of God? So not sure how we're breaking up. And no, no plan? Do we have a plan? Just break up some chairs and get together in some groups and have a discussion for the next half an hour. All right? The girls have tables. They're more orderly. We're like, figure it out. Oh. And then we're going to be up here for you that are watching online live. Uh, you won't hear us in the house, but you online that are watching live. Uh, I don't know what camera they're in right now. Right here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to panel and, and, and discuss the questions with you guys in life. So stay online. The rest of you guys, just break up some chairs and get around in some circles and introduce yourselves and just go over the notes. Would you guys do me a favor and just kind of hand these out, one per group? Francis handing them out. Josh Caputo has them over there. Right over there. All right. Are we a ghost, Stevie? All right. Good. Online audience, good, thank good, you good. for hanging in there with us. I'm joined by two pastors on staff, Jay Vallejo and Francel Escavel. And uh, we're going to just go over some of these, these thoughts out of chapter one. So um, typically, if you're watching online, you're new around here, uh, I would probably keep teaching for another half an hour. <laughs> and then... Uh, We'd have a worship song and give an invitation for people to accept Christ. But uh, we wanted to uh, separate our men and women for uh, about a month and go through the book of Joshua. And so the girls are down on the other end. If uh, they're watching online, they can choose to. Yep. Choose to. Why don't you explain that? I don't know how that works. Yeah. If you're a. Right here. If you're a woman, you could go um, on our church app or website and you could click. There, there's a link there for either men or women, and you want to choose that. Uh, men, right now, um, the men are being broadcasted on our website, our app, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. The women are not yet on Facebook and YouTube. They will be there next week. But this week, women, just go to our website or our app, and uh, there's a link there for the women page. Awesome. So, welcome. And uh, obviously, this chapter speaks to the uh, world we're living in in a very loud uh, way. I'm very passionate about uh, 
some of the things I'm saying because I feel that sometimes, you know, there is the encouraging of the church, the feeding of the church, the equipping of the church. There's a place and time for that. Uh, the comforting of the church. And then sometimes there's just, you're fighting for the church. There's the, there's the warnings that need to be given. And you guys know as well as I do that the last 16, 17, 18 months, um, the enemy has used uh, the pandemic to um, really scatter the sheep mm -hmm. in, in every church we know of, including ours. And we've been grateful that many have come back. And, and of course, um, new people from other churches mm -hmm. are, are, are what has really filled up our, our uh, attendance around here. But we don't want to make this all about a pandemic. But it, this does speak to, to that in a very real way. It does. And so um, I, I really, all week, I was looking at this idea of a calling, and I'm like, man, if people just understood their calling, they wouldn't flinch. They wouldn't deviate. They wouldn't freak out. They wouldn't back off if they just knew their calling. Why don't we talk a little bit about that? Like, how do we understand our calling? And I mean, it's obvious how Joshua heard from Moses, heard from God specifics as to what he was called to do. But for the person that's out there right now going, I'm not so sure about the calling of God. I'm a Christian, but I don't know how that all works. Maybe you guys can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, when you, when you look at calling, you know, there's a, a general calling. Uh, so a general calling for us as, as Christians uh, to, to be those that are going to hold to biblical standards. We're going to be trusting God's word. We're going to uh, live a, a life that is honorable before uh, God and and so that's a there's a general calling uh, of us as Christians but then there's also a specific calling and those are the specific calling is predicated upon God's personal desire uh, for you as you fit in the body of Christ and so when you look at like first Corinthians uh, chapter 12 you look at um, uh, Romans uh, chapter 12 Ephesians chapter 4 you see uh, various gifts and you see uh, how uh, Paul talks about, especially in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, that God has designed the body of Christ to, to be, he likens it to a body, like a, a regular uh, person. And some are fingers, some are toes, and, and some are different parts of the body, but they're all essential and they're all um, fit into that body so the, the church can function as God has determined it. But it says in there that, that God has given us those gifts according individually according to how he wills and so God has a specific calling for each and every one of our lives based upon the gifts and the talents uh, the things that he desires for us at this particular time in this particular life in our setting and he plans on using us that way now the biggest question always is how do I know <laughs> how do I know and so that's the the biggest question I think for most people is like, how do I know that calling um, and so there are a couple of things that you can look at is you know as we um, we sense that sometimes uh, as we're in his word, maybe certain things may be sticking out. Um, there's, as I go through his word and I, and I commit myself to his word, there are certain things that can, I, I feel that maybe God impresses on my heart. Second thing is that as I am praying to the Lord, uh, likewise, I, I feel sometimes uh, things impressed by my heart. In Romans chapter 8, it says that, that this like our spirit aligns with his spirit and and he 
kind of teaches us even how to pray and, and impresses certain things. And he's working through prayer. So he's working through his word. He's working through prayer. But he also works through practical circumstances. Our God is a practical God. And, and so he, when I, when I look at, hey, am I called to do this? And, and sometimes I look at the practicality of that. I mean, is, it, is that feasible? Is it something that where God has me right now? Or, and, and do I see these things actively working in my life? And the last thing is that there's an affirmation. An affirmation is uh, maybe somebody coming up and affirming. Uh, uh, people around you start to see certain things in your life. Maybe a, a leader, maybe a pastor coming up and saying, hey, you know, have you ever thought about this? I know you as well as myself and you, you know, come being called into the ministry. I know, you know, didn't ask for it, didn't, I wasn't saying, oh yeah, this is what I want to be, you know, and, but. God made it clear. God makes it clear and, but puts people in your life mm -hmm. to begin to speak those things and to uh, affirm maybe what God's already impressed upon your heart. So you put all that stuff together and then it plays out with what you were putting uh, here as you were talking about taking those steps of faith yeah. and what we see from Joshua. You, you know, um, here where it talks about Joshua, the assistant of Moses, you know, you talk about his calling and, you know, what you said earlier, Lance, of like, um, those that are unsure, those that are like what to do. You think about, I, I think this, Joshua was probably unsure many times of his calling because how many times up until this point was he actually using his calling of being a leader, being a general? He was, he was actually being groomed to be a leader by being a servant. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's almost like he's being groomed to do something and he wasn't even doing those things, you know. And that's such, such a, a blessing to us. It's almost the same as the life of David. He was called to be a king, but how long did it take him to be king? You know, and you're saying, does it speak to today? Absolutely. You know, the... the Joshua's about to go into a battle, so it's time. It's time to step into that calling that the Lord had for him. And yeah, today, yeah, there's time for Christians to step into that calling that the Lord would have for them today. You know, and, you know, how, how do we figure that out? Just like you said, you know, we should be reading, we should be praying. And, but most importantly, we got to be active. We got to be active and, and we will find out. Some people will hear from the Lord like this and some people will hear from the Lord as they're active and saying, that's not you, buddy. And then they'll say, oh no, that is, you know. I remember, you know, realizing that when um, serving here 20 years ago and there was, a, there was an incident in the children's ministry. I remember you, Lance, you, you know, you, you called me and you asked me, hey, what do you think about what happened? And I, de I described to you what happened, and you said, Francel, you have discernment. I want you to meet with a couple and deal with it. And I, this guy at that time was discipling me. <laughs> and I was very awkward. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. And, and you pointed a couple things out in my life. But I was mobile, Lance, and I wasn't thinking going that way. And, and I, I, I tell my wife, I say, like, it, it got affirmed by me by by somebody because again I was mobile I wasn't thinking about I was going to be this part I was I was I was completely content you know 
rocking babies and watching my, my you know, handing the diapers to my wife and, and doing that. But, but a situation arise that needed some, some counseling. <laughs> I think it's interesting that most people in the church who don't know their calling are, are, not, are inactive. Yes. And, and people who are more assured of their calling are people that are active. And I always use yes. the example of, if you look at, well, let's look at Joshua here, and he had no idea where this was going. No. But it was, there was a forward motion here. There were steps of faith from yes. battle to the next battle. You know, just watching God as he grew up in Egypt and then being used by God in, in the work of God. Every battle was God advancing his people. I always use the phrase, it's, it's impossible to steer a parked car. Yes. And so I would say when it comes to just understanding your calling, you might guess wrong along the way, <laughs> but just be faithful. And then before long, you know, someone asked me, I think I use the illustration many times, like, how did you know you were going to be a teacher? And I, I would have never said that's, the ch that's on the end of this road. Mm. Never or a pastor for that matter, but I said, I began to realize what God was doing by the people that he surrounded me with. I was faithful to just answer questions. The more questions I had, these younger guys would tell their friends and they came with more questions, which drove me to read the Bible more and to come back with more answers. And the next thing you know, I, I found myself teaching a Bible study, but uh, that's, that's important. I, but I think the point we need to get across today is there's stability in knowing your calling. Yes. And, and in a, a very unstable world where we as Christians are soldiers of Christ. And our main goal is to please the one that enlisted us and not get, as Paul would tell in his pastoral epistles, distracted with the affairs of this world. Mm -hmm. It's to know who you are, to know what your gifts are, and, and you'll find stability in that mm -hmm. and security in that. And you won't be blown away by all the different winds of doctrines and winds of philosophies that come along in the, in the world and even in the church. Yeah. It's very important to, to, to know your calling. And I think we would have seen a very different reaction in masses of Christians throughout our church and throughout our community and other churches had people known their calling. They wouldn't have moved to the right hand or the left. They wouldn't have caved into fear. They would have been assured of who they are, God's mission for their life, and that God was with them. And they would have had the courage that comes from that. And they, they, would, they, would be, they would be in the center of God's will today. You know, I was reading a commentator that talked about knowing your calling. And he talked about, you know, Christians that don't know their calling and don't understand their calling but are, but are still active or, or maybe not active. He says they're walking for the Spirit. He says, but Christians that know their calling are walking from the Spirit. And, it, 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 and you really do, like you said, you, when you feel empowered when you're walking in the calling that you're in. It doesn't exacerbate you to do service. It doesn't, doesn't frustrate you. You're not frustrated in those things because God equips you and calls you to do those very things. Yeah, we, we all, you know, those early, early 
weeks and months of, of, of COVID last year, and we were affirmed in our calling. Yes, we, were. We, were, we were further knit together in our hearts and to knit together with other people who were being affirmed in their calling. There was, there was a common mission that God had drawn us to. And those people that weren't deviating from the word of God or the mission of God were further fortified in their calling, in the mission, and in, in our relationships with one another. And, and there was great stability to be found in that. So calling is essential. Stepping out in the faith, as we saw, we, we talked about, is essential as well. And then courage. Let's talk about courage. <clears throat> yeah, you know, any situation obviously is going to be fearful. We're always uh, fear of the unknown, kind of fear, um, just making the some of us maybe feel inadequate or we don't want to take that wrong step, and and so we look at the other side and. and you look at like a situation like Joshua, uh, all he knows is he's going to a new land. Um, you know, previously there was giants in the land, and, and so he knew uh, that he, there was various battles that he was going to have to uh, fight. And so this land of rest, it's kind of interesting uh, the way you look at it is because God was bringing him into a promised land, the land of rest, but this land of rest had to be acquired through battle. <clears throat> so there was going to be a battle in order to enter into this rest <clears throat> and you know what what keeps us from entering in that battle well sometimes it's fear um you know we look at you know you mentioned you know this pandemic and uh, all the things that have happened and one of the things that that has driven people and really challenged the church and challenged people and even, even today is fear is fear of you know what if this and what if that you know i don't I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get other sick. I don't want to be looked at this way. Right now, you know, there's a big push uh, against people in the workplace where they're being told that if they don't have the vaccine, uh, they're not going to be able to work. And so there's a big fear. And so there's some people that have just come and, and said, I just, I got sick of dealing with it and I just gave in. I just said, I, I don't want to face the opposition anymore. And there have been a number of people that have uh, caved into to some of those things, and and you know the thing that I look at and understand is that you know how the enemy operates, and the enemy operates in fear, and it's always enemy is always going to come at us in that way, <clears throat> and where you know as the Lord speaking to Joshua here, and as you drew out uh, three different times there, saying only be strong and and very courageous and be strong and of good courage. And he continues to, to mention those things. And I know in the book, and if you didn't uh, get the book, you can get the book, <laughs> uh, Victorious Christian Living. Chapter three is my favorite one. Um, <laughs> now there's, there's a commercial uh, that I was in before. And so you have to see the commercial. Um, <laughs> but- we'll make sure and play it. Yep. <laughs> but, um, you know, as he, as he points out in here, the reason why would God be saying that to him? Because Joshua, even you think about, it, you mentioned the battles that he fought, uh, you know, the Malachites and different things, and and he had victory in those in those battles. But yet, going into a new land, he's in fear. Um, that's why the Lord's reaffirming him and reassuring him: Don't be a good courage, be strong and be a good courage, and strengthen yourself. You need to stand up. You need to take a stand. 
And that is the only way we're going to enter into a new land, into a new chapter in our life. You think about what the pandemic has, has brought. It's like we had to, we came to a crossroads, just like Joshua was coming to the Jordan and having to make a decision to go over it. He's having to prepare himself and there's a preparation before he would even go over it. For us, we were being prepared and now we came to a crossroads. We came to uh, Jordan where it's like, okay, you're gonna go and enter into this land. You're gonna go and you're gonna battle. You're gonna need courage to fight those things. And, and so <clears throat> those are the things that, that is gonna help as what's mentioned here, Joshua to have success. And for any of us in our lives, the only thing that's going to ensure or give us the best chance of success is to be strong and courageous and to take those steps of faith and understand that success follows that. You know, it's interesting in, in um, verse 7 that he points that our courage needs to be to obey the Word of God. And it does. It takes courage to do what's right, to obey the Word of God. Not, you know, he's not saying be courageous in front of your enemies. You say, oh, be courageous to obey. And when, when we obey, you, you, we could go through the book of Joshua and you see how you know, God, God defeated all those things. All they needed to do was be obedient. You think of the crazy obedience it took to march around a wall. That's obedience. And, and it, it would take courage to say, okay, let's do this again tomorrow. Let's do this again tomorrow. And it doesn't always make sense. God, God, what God tells us doesn't always seem practical. But he tells us, that's what he's telling us, be strong and be of good courage. And, and like you said, it's, it's the promise because he's going to go wherever we go. And he, he, he's even given us the source of that courage by telling us, if you step out in faith, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And so... Um, that courage, to me, it was, it was very interesting that, that he pointed it to obedience of his word. It wasn't, it wasn't, any, it wasn't be, be courageous on the attack of the enemy. He's, it's be obedient, be, be courageous to, to, to obey my word, to obey, you know, to, just to be obedient to what he has for us. And, and for me, I, I know the things that the Lord has spoken to me. I know the things that, and it's not always easy to step out in faith. And sometimes the enemy would put an easier path, a, 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 a less confrontational path maybe, um, a, a more popular path down my way. But I have to have courage to do what God has asked me to do. And he knew, he knew that, that Joshua, like the rest of us, would have these different paths to go on, you know, and we think about, I think about chapter 6 and 7, where, you know, it wasn't him, but it was um, the, the, the one, I can't think of the name, the, the guy who, who um, held the, the bounty back, you know, and, and they, they didn't, it was at, as at AI, you know, where they got defeated because someone didn't have the courage to obey. Amen. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, practically right now, we, we wake up to a world that, that it's filled with uncertainty. Yes. It's 
it's filled with, I, 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 when I talk to people, when people call me, text me, <laughs> I watch the news, get my little twice a day like update. I'm left with more questions than answers. There's nothing certain. Even though you think something's certain, there's 15 other opinions that make you question what you think is certain. Yep. The word of God is certain. And, and it, that's why I made that point is, is what helped him become courageous was the presence of God and the word of God. And I, I know sometimes when I'm feeling faint-hearted, uh, I, I had a guy today that just sent me a really concerning text and, and I just said, he got bad news. He was just, he was having a hard time, faint-hearted, you know. And, and I, I said, just put on some worship music right now and, and hang out with the Lord, get into the presence, read some scripture, and let him lift you. Let him, let him, because you're, you're, he was growing faint. He was, you can see he was getting more faint-hearted. And, and there was so much uncertainty about the news that he had heard. And I think it's, it's, imp it's imperative, not just that we are confident in what God has called us to do, but we're confident in him, that he's with us and he's for us. And being in his word does that. It, it brings us into a conversation with him. It allows his spirit to speak to us and to fortify us and to build us up and to, to give us the courage we need to walk others, as I used the example today, into the center of God's will for their life. This guy, some, he's a, he loves the Lord. I mean, maybe he woke up and he was walking in the center of God's will. Bad news comes and he's rocked. And now he's like, over here. What, what was my response? I can't help the guy if, if I'm unstable and I'm deviating from God's word and I'm taking in all kinds of information all day long and all week long that's causing me to be unstable and fearful. I would be of no help to the guy. But immediately as I read his text, I was like, man, the Lord put these scriptures on my heart, this stuff on my heart. And I'm like, that, the stability that God brought to my soul, I was able to pass on to him. It's important. You know, I, as you say that, Lance, I'm thinking um, the word of God talks about itself in Hebrews uh, chapter 619. This hope we have as an anchor to our soul, both sure and steadfast. And it's, you know, the anchor is, is, is meant to keep that boat immovable. And there's so many storms right now that want to move us. They want to move us from the truth. And it, that, that hope he's talking about here are the promises of God and the word of God. And that's, that's the anchor, like you said, that's what's going to anchor our soul during these times in trials. And, you know, we, we have been... Um, as a church, going through a lot of the, the, the family here, our extended family is going through a lot of trials that in COVID and even outside of COVID. And, and the only thing that's, that we have to offer some of these people is the hope of the Word of God. I, I think it's interesting, too. We didn't develop the whole chapter. I, I just summarized some things. But, you know, courage... Stepping out in faith, walking in the presence of God, all of being in the Word of God, 
all of that is going to play into who we are in the lives of others that God has called us to lead. And it's interesting when Joshua stands up, they've only seen Moses. And now here's this, they knew Joshua, but he's not Moses. And he's got the courage to stand up. He's got the confidence that God is with him or he wouldn't have stood up. And even as he talks, it was like, God said, and we're going. And that's, that's what people need in this day and age is they need husbands that are filled with the Spirit and, and, and filled with the Word of God and have, have a clear path in the calling for their marriage and a clear path in their calling for their family. And we need them in the church to be filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word so they're helping with the clear path that God has called for our church, not deviating to the right or to the left for 18 months, guys. You, you've heard me warn our church over and over and over and over. Do not become engulfed with the narrative of the world. Be informed and turn it off. And then be engulfed with the Word of God. And, and we're going to be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And people who did that, it was glaringly obvious. Like, wow, they're arm in arm with us, standing with us, walking, and hundreds of families, hundreds of people, online, offline, here, you know. And then it was glaringly obvious who wasn't. Because everything that came out of them, you could tell a whole lot by social media, you could tell a whole lot by running them into the store. You could tell what they've been taking in. You, they just changed who they were and they became part of the narrative of the world because they weren't rooted and grounded in the Word of God and filled with the Spirit of God. And then before long, even begin to hear that they, they look at us with indifference because, as I alluded to, there's people that, that, that are like, no, you're, you're, you're teaching the Word of God every week, but that's not enough. You're not political enough. You're not hitting the political buzzwords enough, the political topics enough. And that, that grieves me, not because I'm taking a, a personal jab at, at my teaching ability. It grieves me because these are people that have sat with us and have heard the warnings, a lot of them. And, and I believe we have not deviated, we're not going to deviate, and I believe that many people have. And all of a sudden we're enamored with all this other stuff in the name of church in the name of Christianity. And all of a sudden, we're all of a sudden a church that's not effective in their eyes. And that, I believe, grieves the heart of God. At a chance when we should be uniting and encouraging one another and building up one another, that's only going to happen if we're all on the same course, if we're all on the same mission, if we're all in the Word. And the, the, the negative stuff and the divisive stuff is just the enemy. That's just the enemy. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, place and time. You know, there's obviously, I know when Chuck began to teach through the Word, one of the things uh, he was challenged with was kind of along the same lines and why he was teaching verse by verse from Genesis to Revelation. And, and he felt and he taught us that 
the Word of God was sufficient, and all those topics would be addressed addressed as you, as you move through the Word of God. But the Word of God would be the foundation, the basis. You know, I was just in uh, Louisiana, and and we were driving around, scoping out the land, seeing where we would be able to set up relief, and we pulled into this one parking lot, and there was this uh, lady sitting on a curb. <clears throat> she had an empty bottle of wine. She had another one that was three-fourths full. Uh, she had a bag. She was just, you know, looked like she was beaten up by the world and, well, literally kind of beaten up by uh, what she said was her husband and, and stuff, and sitting on a curb in the, in the back parking lot of a store. And... I don't think she wanted to hear our political views. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think she wanted to hear uh, what we thought about vaccines and, and those types of things. Um, you know, and, and you, you go into these situations and, and when people are desperate, you know, they're, they're needing, they're not looking for all that. They're, they're, they, she was needing somebody to, to teach about the word of God and to tell her that God loved her, that God had a plan for her life. Uh, that regardless of what happened between her and her husband, uh, she was saying, sitting there saying that she didn't want to live anymore. And so she's drinking. She's, you know, been drinking. She's saying she doesn't want to live anymore. She's completely desperate. And she needed to hear about God's love. And when it's all said and done, you know, those are the things that we need to center on. Again, we address things and, and there's things that we... Uh, obviously, we'll run across uh, as we are going through the Word, as we are talking about things, because we're relating it to, to, to people's life today. There's real-life situations, and people need answers. Uh, but we're still going to center the foundation on the Word of God. And so that's not where we're going to deviate. There's no reason to, to deviate, because we believe that, just as it talks about in Hebrews, that the Word of God is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And piercing down the vision of soul and joint and marrow and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart and, and we can trust in that. It, that do you really believe that's living do you really believe that it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword do we believe those things because if we do then that is what we need to be educated on and when you look at uh, the world today you look at the church today most of the church is biblically illiterate and so what happens when these trials come? They begin to turn to the right or to the left as the warning comes to Joshua. Don't turn, don't deviate from my word. But people do when they, don't, they haven't been taught to, to rely upon the word of God, to trust the word of God, and to walk after the word of God. Then people will deviate as fear comes in. Um, all of a sudden, they start to gravitate towards this and that instead of being educated on the, on the word of God. Yeah, I think that uh, <clears throat> I'm wrapping this up here in the next few minutes here. God had a specific plan for his people. Mm -hmm. And we, we see 40 years earlier that everybody but two of them <laughs> doubted it. Yeah. Two and a half million people, Joshua and Caleb were like, no, 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 this is what God's word said. We can go in, we can conquer, let's do it. The rest of them listened to 10 negative, we can't. That's real. Fear is real. 
and we are we are living at a time and we're grateful to have the, the church that we we do that is confident in in what God has been doing he's going to continue to do but we're going somewhere what's what's the direction it's his direction we care where that is but the center of his will and all of the spiritual blessings that he wants for people beginning with salvation sanctification service glorification all of that in Christ that is given to us it's ours for the taking it's ours to possess we have to but believe it and step forward in faith red path makes a good point he's like the whole land was given to all of the people but they experienced the only parts they possessed the parts that they conquered and and so we got to ask ourselves have i taken the salvation that christ is offering me the forgiveness the adoption the sanctification the giftings that he offers me you know and uh, that's the direction yeah and it and it, it just takes step after step of faith and that that's for maybe the the person out there that's not yet saved or maybe newly saved but for us who are walking with the lord for a number of years and we we find ourselves divided as christians i wrote a quote i i got from george mcdonald that says and i quote him i find that doing the will of god leaves me no time for disputing the plan of god <laughs> How many times do we have to tell our church, stop talking about all this other stuff? And, and, and even the people that are telling us, hey, this is, this is the will of God for the church right now. This is the plan of God for the church right now. And they're upset with us because we don't fall in line with their interpretation of that. Those are people who aren't busy, as he would say, doing the will of God. Amen. When we're busy doing the will of God, we do not have time disputing the plan of God because we're in love with Him, we're in love with His Word, we're filled with the Spirit, we're experiencing His presence, and we're just busy helping other people get there. That's Canaan. That's, that's the hope and that's the promise. And, and like we, we were talking about the other day, our fight is not with God and our fight is not with each other. And we are not going to take the vision that God has given to us and our church and place that on anybody. Nope. We just want to be faithful with our vision. Nor do we want other people to have their interpretation of a vision that, and plan of God for our church and, and, and place that on us. Amen. We're very clear. It's, it's very Christ-centric. It's Bible-centric. And we don't want to deviate. And we don't want the distractions that would deviate us as well. Absolutely. We want us to stay faithful to loving. You know, I was sitting down and Kevin, maybe you're listening to this and just, just with him today. And, and we talked a little bit about just the state of the church and, and, and you know, their, their family. And I looked at him and Diane and I said, this is the will of God. <laughs> this is the will of God, that, that we're family with you while you're you're laid up in bed this is as as when if you used a military analogy this is as front line as the day can bring when you're loving people as jay said and just 
standing with them and walking through their life and bringing Christ into that. It's not about politics. It's not about policies. It's not about philosophies or philosophers, as I say. It's about Jesus. And, 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 and that is the living out of the Word of God. Takes courage, takes faith, and that is where we find success. What is success? Mm. Living out the will of God. Mm. Living out the plan of God. That is success. Mm. So, okay? Good. Right. Good. Who wants to pray us out? Okay, let's pray. Well, Father God, we just come before you, Lord. We just thank you so much, Lord, just for this evening and uh, for us just to be able to uh, come into this book of Joshua, Lord, and just to see, uh, Lord, just the, the calling of somebody who has already been faithful, Lord, in the role that you had placed him in. Father, there's uh, so much that we can learn from his life uh, in the first five books, Lord, as we... Uh, look and see him in, in Exodus and other places, Lord, where uh, you used him to stand up. Father, you spoke to him personally as he uh, was in the tabernacle. And, uh, you allowed him to see a land, Lord, and just to be strengthened as he saw uh, the, the fruit of the land, Lord, and, and bypassed the, the giants and the, the troubles. But he, he saw the positive things, Lord, uh, and was confident in those things. And we saw, see you at work in his life and as you uh, raised him up after the death of Moses, Lord, and, and calling him to trust you, calling him to trust your word, and, and just to stand forth and be strong, Lord. And may we take those things to heart, Father. Just may we uh, emulate him, Lord, as, as, uh, that we would be faithful also in our lives, that we would trust you uh, just as he did, and understanding that we need to be strong and courageous and, and where you have us, Lord. Father, just uh, be with us, Lord. We ask that you would uh, protect our church, protect uh, your family, Lord, from the enemy coming in and just trying to rip us off. Lord, we just be with us now, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name.